and that's a good place to start thank you guys all so much for joining this is the very first episode of bald and bingeable my name is d'angelo and i'm here to take you on an auditory journey through all things pop culture that we can't help but consume the stuff we are insatiable for the things that we truly find bingeable Okay, you guys, so we are going to be getting into a bevy of topics on this show. Today, we do have a beautiful interview with the one and only legendary bearded queen themselves, Grace Towers. You guys so blessed and lucky to know them. And this is a great interview. So I hope you guys stick around and listen to that. But before we get into that, let's start off with some small talk in the elevator (laughs) on the lower level. Okay, let's go. going down (laughs) okay guys so let's talk about what i've been consuming this past week so i had some friends who were like you need to avoid this and some people who were like you need to see this and i'm one of those kind of people who just like throws money at the wind and so i ended up watching barb and star go to vista del mar or as my east coast friends say bob and star go to vista del mar um you guys, this is such an irreverent movie, and I actually, I don't know if it was, I was just in a weird feelings, but it was entertaining to me. It really does sit inside, like, the whole kind of universe that I think, like, Superstar, you know, Mary Catherine Gallagher, and, like, The Night at the Roxbury, that really irreverent, crazy, off-the-wall humor. That's where this sits. It's like an Austin Powers. Like, I had another friend who was really expecting it to be, like, some kind of a bridesmaids kind of a thing. Um, it was cute. It was... Kristen Wiig gets to play two different characters in it. She gets to wear wigs. Kristen Wiig gets to wear wigs. How meta is that? Okay. Um, besides that, I don't know. Uh, if you do like those kind of movies that are kind of from those SNL canon kind of things, you know. Oh, my God. Do you guys remember It's Pat? I had a friend, and we would watch It's Pat, like, every Friday, Saturday night, usually with, like, Pizza Hut and ice cream. Shout out to Hillary. Hey, Hillary. Um, is that a banana in your pocket? Why, yes, it is. Get your own snack. That movie is so freaking problematic now, you guys. But as a kid, we found it hilarious. And so I haven't seen it in years. I wonder how bad it actually is. Okay, let's get into what, how things are really actually bad when you look at them. Glee. <laughs> okay, I watched Glee maybe in the first like couple seasons, and then I really did fall away from it, especially right after they did the Britney Spears thing, because it was like, okay, we're not going to top Britney. Let's, we're done. Um, but anyways, you know, it kind of kept on going. But the other day, I was watching TikTok, and it referred me to this scene. And if you guys can, go onto YouTube and look for Mr. Shoe is creepy. Okay, just put that in. Mr. Shoe creepy, bad teacher. It is four and a half minutes of Mr. Shoe's most problematic moments. And from the very beginning when he discovers Flynn singing to Journey in the shower, that's the very first thing. And like, we didn't find this problematic like way back when. And then if you're actually watching that scene, like I'm watching it on YouTube and it's like so many close up shots of Finn's feet. And it's like, oh, Ryan Murphy's into feet noted so you guys if you guys see ryan murphy at a party in hollywood you guys know show off them toesies okay just joking (laughs) but okay so the crescendo of this whole mr shoe video is this moment where all of a sudden he goes ay caramba in this wretched voice and then sings like la cucaracha 
talk about problematic, y'all, but watch it. It made me burst out laughing. It was ridiculous. Okay, what else is ridiculous? All the speculation about WandaVision. Loving it. Okay, so we have not had appointment view television in so long. I want to say the last time that I feel like everybody was collectively watching something wasn't even Mandalorian this last season because Mandalorian kind of, people kind of fell off of that. I think people had people problems with little baby Yoda eating eggs and shit. But anyways, um, so this whole WandaVision, it's like, it's kind of like Game of Thrones. You know what I'm saying? Like people are like really into it. They're speculating. And the thing is, and there's so much lore with the Marvel comic books when it deals with Fantastic Four and the X-Men and all this stuff. And so it's just, it's great. I'm actually loving like all the TikTok theories and people have these Reddit threads and like, it's just giving people something else to contact to, to like, you know, focus on right now. So it's been a lot of fun, all the reveals. And can we just talk about Katherine Hahn and how she came out of nowhere and became like an American treasure? Like her portrayal of a mother and bad mom Christmas. Hello, what are we even doing here? If you guys aren't watching that when you're putting your Christmas tree up and just throw away your Christmas tree, there is not even a reason for it. So, okay, no. <laughs> I'm just joking, but Christine Baranski is in that. And if you don't love her, then there is really something seriously wrong with you. Uh, that woman just smells like money. I mean, like she like looks like she smells like money, right? Like... Okay, so let's keep on going. So the whole WandaVision thing is that they're going to be getting some big character is going to be a reveal. And, you know, we have been watching and like everybody, I, I have this really, really big thing that I think that now that Disney owns all the Fox property, all this 20th Century Fox, all the X-Men movies and everything else, they're just going to cherry pick what they like out of that canon and bring it into the Avengers Marvel universe that they have going, which I do not. I'm, I don't hate it. I'm not. I'm not hating because you know that they're about to hook Disney World and Disneyland up with some really cool rides, great merch, and I will probably buy all of it. And that's an issue. And I will take that up with my therapist. And so you cannot judge me. Anyways, WandaVision is supposed to be getting a really great uh, comic book. Somebody's coming in. So let's see what happens there. Okay, let's also talk a little bit about Housewives. You guys know that I love my Housewives. That's how we started this whole thing. We had binge bitches before over on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube. And now we're going to parlay this over here into the Bald and Bingeable because we want to have interviews with other people. But we are still sometimes going to get into the Buck and Meyer that is the Housewives of whatever county or whatever place. And right now, the one that is winning is Housewives of Jersey. They came back swinging. I love the fact that we have this new Jackie girl who has been there for a couple years, but I still gonna call her new because they have kept the cast pretty consistent. It's one of those things that they're doing right now. You know, they just got rid of Danielle Staub, but they kept everybody else. And so Jackie, what's great about her is that she's actually not a complete idiot. I mean, she probably is an idiot in other ways, but the thing is, she is at least smarter than Teresa, and she does hang that over Teresa's head. But, so what's happening right now on the show is that Teresa showed up at this party. I know they're doing all these parties with COVID, but I'm really hoping that they're all being tested and everything else, because it is making me very nervous, but whatever. Okay, so we're not going to talk about that part of the politics. This is about the, the shows. <laughs> So on Jersey Housewives, uh, Jackie, this new blonde housewife, I call her new, but she's not new. I keep saying that. I'm so sorry. People don't come for me in the comments, but she has a hot husband. His name is Evan. And yes, he is kind of hot. And the thing is, is um, Teresa shows up at this party. She's basically saying that he's been fucking around over at the gym. And she's saying this at his party. People can overhear. Jackie finds out because she's supposed to, because this is a reality show, people. And then they go to Margaret's house. And Margaret is basically, it's like a 
it's like high school. Margaret is there bringing two, you know, two of the mean girls together to go ahead and fight, and she's sitting in the background the whole time. And this whole thing escalates with Jackie basically saying that, well, you're spreading these rumors around. They're terrible rumors. And what if I spread a rumor that your daughter does coke in the bathroom at parties? And that's when Teresa loses it. All hell, high fury, and everything else that she is. That's Teresa. You can't say that about my kids. You know, you know how she is. Also, Teresa has a new boyfriend right now. And, like, hot. Like, hello, daddy. Hello, Italian Jersey daddy, who probably does construction on the side. And somehow can afford to buy a $3 million house with her. So... Not too shabs, but still, you know there's something up there that's just not right. If he is jumping into bed with Teresa, Judici, Judy, Judice, whatever the hell you say her name is anyway. So, oh, I wonder if she's going to change her last name. Who knows? All those books that she wrote, quote unquote. Uh, I'm being vicious. Anyways, let's talk about the hot husband situation, though, okay? Because we do have Evan, who is a hot husband, and this whole rumor about him sleeping with people at the gym. Do you guys remember back on the first season when he first came through with Jackie and then she had the whole storyline about how she doesn't give him blowjobs and that became like a whole thing? Jackie, somebody jumped into those DMs and told him that he, they could give him blowjobs. I'm just saying, that doesn't not make sense. It's Bravo. It's trash. We're on the lower level. Okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna get canceled before we even finish the first show. Okay, so... <laughs> Okay, you guys, I have fallen madly, truly, deeply in love with Jeff Probst from Survivor. Okay, I don't really think it's in, uh, like uh, like in love, but I've just been kind of stuck in the house because we all are, and I've been watching Survivor nonstop since Christmas time, and now I'm on season 39. I've actually gotten a CBS Alta Access Pass. I don't know if I have so much of an update, but I'm just admitting something to all of you right now so if you're into survivor please let me know because let's talk about it maybe one day i'm just so convinced that after watching 40 seasons of survivor that jeff probes just shows up in your living room and you have before sundown to light three candles turn around three times and spit and like he becomes yours i don't write the rules you guys this is just witchcraft okay so anyways <laughs> Who actually is taking me seriously? Okay, that's enough here on the lower level. Let's get ourselves back up, elevated with the one and only Grace Towers. Um, you got me rolling on like, what the fuck have I been doing during pandemic? <laughs> like, what am I listening to? What am I seeing? What am I like? Okay, cool. Some of them might be a little bit deeper. So let's just kind of jump into it because we haven't talked in a minute. And so this is like, uh, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to kind of get you on here. So work. That should well, be fun. congratulations on evolution, right? Absolutely. The of it. And here we get to kind of just chill out. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it. Is there going to be ASMR involved? Is there going to be ASMR involved? There is if we do it. If you want to slip your tea once we're the audience. We just lost 18 subscribers. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Damn. Some people get really into the ASMR and some people hate it. I don't know where I sit on it. Um, I guess it's a yes and. I've definitely seen some people um, do some pretty creative things. There's a, a group of queens up here that will basically get together, eat their like most delicious sloppy meal and like talk through us while they're doing that. <laughs> it's 
so San Francisco. <laughs> it's like um, Mary Vice has done it. Um, uh, I know Cash Monet's done it. I mean, they're like, it, I, it's quite entertaining sometimes. I love it. Okay. Yeah, and I guess, is that, is that San Francisco? I guess so. It is. I, I think we have Kixie <laughs> down here in San Diego who eats a burrito on, on camera, but, you know, she's done some Kinky. ASMR. Yeah, for real. So, okay. So just kind of getting into it and everything, how, how are you? How is the Grace Towers and the person behind? <laughs> well, you know, I'm very grateful. Like, things could always be worse. <laughs> True. Um, I live a very fantastical life in San Francisco. And every day I wake up, I remind myself that, you know, I, I stress about very benign things sometimes. You know, my health is good. I'm super grateful for and sending love to anybody who's been impacted. Like I've had very close calls with family members because of the pandemic and extended. It's I mean, it's just wild times, you know, it really is it's wild my, times and our, our extended family. We've we've suffered some loss and that sort of thing. So it is just kind of one of those things that you're like trying to take things seriously. And at the same time, um, kind of live your life. You know what I mean? There's, there's that whole Yeah, thing. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's definitely a shift in my mental and emotional state and the protocols that I'm following, for example. You know, we've been, me and my partner, me and Bob have been on a very tight quarantine, for example, and really mm -hmm. reassessing how we could expand, getting creative and adding like a table to our backyard and having a one-on-one -on -one or rather two-on-one like dinner or lunch or something. Mm -hmm. um, and also just like recognizing uh, the glory of each day, right? Like waking up and even if it's San Francisco and it's gloomy on one side, you know, go outside for a while. Absolutely. Staying inside is definitely, staying inside has definitely been uh, something to process for me. You know, like I work from home. I do a lot of what I do from home, whether it be organizing event design or performance and, you know, everything that comes along with that. But being able to leave and travel and, you know, do events and see my friends, you know, that's all something that really makes being home accessible to me. So being home throughout this entire time, while it's not necessarily a shift in me working from home, it's definitely a shift in, you know, how much time I spend home. So mm -hmm. um, that's been definitely something to work through. I've learned to spend time gardening and, you know, spend some time outside that way, which has been really glorious. I've been spending a lot of time in my kitchen, been baking a lot Okay, and that's been that. really glorious, mm -hmm. um, which has also, you know, made it so that I've literally had to make a choice and said, I can't just wear sweatpants anymore. So I got rid of all my, all my pants. That's so funny. <laughs> and I, I went to Levi's to invest, girl. It needed to happen. I, I completely understand that. I've been wearing spandex for so long. And I know the first couple months of this, this whole thing, I made a conscious effort to like get out of bed and get dressed and put real shoes on every day. Oh my God. And so, and then I want to say like maybe last month was finally like, like I was finally like, you know what? I'm going to wear slippers today. And that was kind of a yeah, thing, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but I still, yeah. you know, you the still treat. have to have, yeah, but you still have protocol. You still have things that are going on in life. Okay. I want to take this a step back real quick before we get fully into everything. And let's just talk a little bit about um, history in the sense of how I know you. So Grace Towers <laughs> came into my life um, when I first moved to San Diego. So I came from the West coast. I came to the West coast from the East uh, back in about 11 years ago. 
And I would mm-hmm. say about a year into my journey here, I got hooked up with the whole Cub Club brand by Ned Cato and that whole group. And you were the house queen at the time. And this mm-hmm. was back when you hadn't been doing beer drag yet. You were still. That was right at the beginning. Very fishy girl. And so the thing was, and I remember sitting on a couch over at Ned Cato's house and in walks different dancer people that he had coming in through that, that were part of this, this uh, vision that he had. And then he had this other person. Um, am I allowed to say your real name? Do people know your real name? Not a lot of people. Okay. I think. So in walks this person who then I know as Grace Towers. And I'm like, this person's got a light. This person's cute. Like you had this little mohawk going on. And I was like, who is this? And I remember as we're talking and like everybody had these fantastical ideas, but then you and I had these artsy ideas that were grounded in reality. And there was a moment that I looked at you and I think we looked at each other and we're like, we're going to be friends. And it was like first meeting. (laughs) And so... I remember from there, then we kind of like exchanged numbers and we started going out. And then I remember the very first night that Grace Towers went out with a beard. Uh, you had on pants, you had on the little sparkly top. We went to Brass Rail. We met up with Lady O and a few other people. Aww. And I remember the nervousness that Miss Grace Towers that I have never seen that was like, I'm going to go out like this. I'm not going to go out as fish. I am going to go out as this fantastical gender fuck creature and it kind of it kicked off from there i remember i remember that whole night weirdly it was you me troy (laughs) and uh a friend troy of ours who Mm -hmm. does hair and yoga yoga person and uh i remember even leaving from there and you guys went to la fuente and like got your burrito i mean i remember that night it's very the rituals for real (laughs) so rituals so that that's kind of where we went back into and then Grace Towers, you just, everything hit at that moment. There was a connection because you were finally doing something that was speaking to who you were and to what you wanted to put out there. I think that was the other thing too, is it wasn't playing by the rules of, okay, so I'm going to put on the Marilyn Monroe wig, which <laughs> is iconic. If In the Grace Towers <laughs> canon, if you look through those photos, you will see a Marilyn Monroe wig that has history. Girl, but the thing is, is that that wig right there makes me feel like I'm at home. And you, you've done some Aww. big things in that wig too. So like, <laughs> it's it's a good it's a good place to be. But so that's that's my that's my attraction to what Grace Towers is and our little bit of history. So I want to let you guys know. And then since then, there was a point there where Grace Towers decided to spread her wings, and she went to San Francisco, and she felt like she was at home. And I remember she came back to San Diego, and she kind of was like guys, I found something that I need to go pursue and I need to do this. And I would tell you right now from the evolution of back then, like seven years ago to now, because you've been in San Francisco like seven, seven years, right? Something like that. I think it's been eight years. Oh my God. We're getting old. Mm -hmm. Okay. So time flies, honey. Absolutely. And so, but I just remember, um, your showcase there when you did that deviance party and then you, what was Mm -hmm. it? You uh, remember there was a drag night there for Folsom and you kind of just mm-hmm. exploded onto the scene. History, right? The history, mm-hmm. our backgrounds and how they influence who we are in present moments. I also want to just, you know, 
to very clearly address and give some gratitude to um, Shane Steele, who was the person who brought us up here to um, do House of Steel. And that was Folsom, which we were booked for. And that was a fantastic moment where something clicked for me in San Francisco. And I said, you know what, I'm going to stick a few more days, stick around a few more days. And at Dolores Park in that beautiful uh, scene of the silhouette and I mean, San Francisco is such iconic moment right there. And I remember thinking, okay, I think it's time. And I remember coming back to San Diego and a month and a day later selling everything and coming back up. <laughs> it was insane. It was insane. Cause it's, then it's wild. The, the things, I mean, like when you take that leap, I mean, I think that's a really, really big, it's a big step. I mean, I did the leap was moving here to the, to the West coast. So there's like a thing that, you know, it's a, it snapped, it snapped into place. Your pieces fell into place where they were supposed to. And it was like, you got what you could out of San Diego for, for the time, for what it was, it rooted you. It gave you a really, really nice base, but then it gave you something. It gave you a lot of confidence because you were big fish here. You were big fish, small pond. And I remember when chain steel had that, we, we had that uh, LL bear at Rich's nightclub and you performed big in Japan. And it was like something happened that night that there was like, oh, there's a new, there's a new creature that just formed that evolved that just came out. And there was the fan, the little white uh, pomblum dress. Like, I mean, I remember, I remember these things. It's so weird. <laughs> you're so, your memory is so great. Well, it's like, I've been thinking about this because it was like, who do I want to interview first on the very first episode that I want to kind of you know, just highlight a little bit more of who we are as queer people and what we're taking in and what are we consuming? And the thing was, is, and I wanted somebody who spoke to me and somebody who I respect and Jayla wasn't available. So I had to get Grace Towers. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. But yeah, so like going, go, let's, let's take this back a little bit. So when you were a kid, <laughs> what are the shows that you were watching as a child that were kind of like were forming who you were? You have me thinking about, um, you know, spending time at home, spending time with family. And para toda la gente que está escuchando en español, soy mexicano, mi mamá es de Guadalajara, mi papá de Michoacán, y crecí como con las telenovelas en punto. Like, I watched telenovelas really? as much as, I mean, that was our jam. Our, our, that was our moment around television as a family. Was it Marimar with Thalia? Was it um, Dos Mujeres Un Camino con Pipi Gaitán? Was it um, anything with Eduardo Capetillo? Was it, you know, I, I mean, telenovelas were a big part of our family. And that's what kind of brought us into, uh, you know, into a closing of the night. Mm -hmm. On my own time, you know, I definitely remember being a baby child and watching a lot of like, you know, growing up with my mom, buying us Disney films and whatnot, and mm -hmm. the series of crying to Bambi and Dumbo and, okay. you know, fantasizing about the princess and the prince and then realizing, you know, oh, wow, these creatures and these uh, transformations and this initial like need for dance and, and performance and um, falling in love with, um, more uh, sitcom shows as I grew up and you know growing up and my parents worked in the fields and I had to come home and like either take care of my younger sisters or cook or do whatever clean the house and take care of family in that way on my own time if I like got home and I had like 30 minutes before my parents got home I'd sit down and watch like Full House or okay. or, Saved by, or Saved by the Bell and I remember this is on like a little 12 inch television you know like one of those like you'd have to like rework the 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 se los um, las antenas, antenna. no? Yeah, the rowdiers. Uh, yeah, exactly. 
Um, I love that you guys watch novelas though, because that was something, because I come from a Puerto Rican background. And uh so, and I was in Ohio. So it wasn't like we had access to a lot of like, like Uh Delamundo did not come out until I was maybe like 11 or 12 years old. So, but I remember Uh earlier on, they would get the bootleg VHSs that they would just come uh-huh. over and like somebody would have Cassandra on the, oh you my know, God. or Betty La Fea, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh like God. it was like, so, so the, the like telenovelas, I think I can see where that background kind of, that did kind of influence you because there's a strong, strong females, outspoken, dramatic. Definitely the dramatics, definitely dramatics. And so many, um, like so many loving roles, you know, kind of, you know, speaking to privilege sometimes, but really speaking to the lessons of like life, you know, like not addressing necessarily um, like social discrepancies in a way that it felt very real sometimes, you know, like seeing how people of different social stands would fall in love with each other and like make it work and then define family because love was, you know, to conquer or finding ways to, I mean, the drama, of course, el drama del amor y esos, I mean, mm-hmm. el drama del amor es lo que te pega, lo que la pasión, lo, lo fuerte, the, the force of love, right? Absolutely. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I can think of many scenes where passion, you know, takes people either on these amazing journeys or these really, really hurtful and painful and passionate endeavors. Um, definitely, I mean. And everything was worn on their sleeve flow. too in those performances. Like <laughs> everything was, was out there and it was like, let me, I mean, like there's a meme now cries in Spanish. You know what I mean? Like, like that, <laughs> that, you know, like that, that is exactly, you know, where, where yeah, I think you know, come from. So yeah. were you allowed to watch whatever you wanted to? Did you have kibosh on like, different TV shows were like, when I was growing up, there were things that I was not allowed to watch. Um, I wasn't like, 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 I wasn't allowed to like, listen to like Madonna, you know what I mean? Like, like it was like, that was persona non non grata in the house. I came from a Christian household. So it was like no Uh secular Uh music, but we snuck it. But anyways, (laughs) but so what about you? As far as music, I mean, I remember spending a lot of time listening to Shakira, listening to, I mean, I definitely grew up listening to Spanish music. I just performed my first kind of fuller show singing mariachi music myself. And that's just a really kind of full circle moment for me, recognizing how much Spanish music, la musica de mariachi, la musica de banda, la musica de um, la balada, o sea, me encanta, me encanta, me encanta, me encanta. I love, um, love it. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, I definitely, there was, you know, and even as I, hear, as I hear myself say it, even like Shakira, for example, like there was moments in artists that brought me over into listening to like English pop in a way. Mm-hmm. La Jelo también, of course, you know. <laughs> well, the <laughs> listen to a lot of. Shakira started out and she was like Alanis Morissette. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, she had that, mm-hmm, that, that mm-hmm. was her vibe. It was a little bit more grungy. It was a little bit more in your face, emotional. She didn't, Shakira didn't become pop music until after like the Latin explosion, quote unquote, when Jay uh-huh. and Ricky and, and Mark Anthony and everybody else started kind of, kind of coming through. And then Shakira mm-hmm. broke through and it was like, what is this? You know what I mean? The hips, mm-hmm. you know, like all that. Yeah, of course. Of course. I grew up listening to a lot of Rocio Durcal. Uh, a lot of um, Yuri, a lot of ay, quien más o sea, amo todo el teatro o sea, every time I, I lo confundo con el que de mucho, mucho amor <laughs> <laughs> lo confundo con Walter Mercado pero no es 
thinking about Walter Mercado, I was thinking about like, what did I grow up watching? I'm like, come on, Queen. <laughs> so <laughs> you, think... you know who Walter Mercado is, right? Yes, Walter Mercado, and they actually has a, they have a new Netflix special about him right now. And so yes. a, lot of, is, a lot of people. Wait, is it a Netflix special or is it a it's an, film? An, it's a Netflix. It's a documentary about about him. And so mm -hmm. that is now like popped up. And I, I want to, I'm going to look it up as we're talking. Was, do you think Walter was like probably one of the first people that you saw? Mucho Mucho Amor, The Legend of Walter Mercado. That came out mm -hmm. on Netflix this past summer. And so have you seen that? Yeah, incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the man was a genius. Um, yeah. So he was definitely one of the first. Go ahead. Go go ahead. Yeah. I was just saying, uh, you know, Juan Gabriel was one of the people that I was thinking about earlier that I, I always confused Juan Gabriel and Walter Mercado un poco, porque okay. son como un poco dos divas, no? Uh -huh. But Walter Mercado was one of the first people that I saw on television. And I felt like, okay, this queen, something's up. And she got it because all the Latinos, all the Hispanics, todos los, toda la gente mexicana que yo conocía, like they were okay with it, you know? Mm -hmm. They're like, when I remember these iconic moments cuando estaba haciendo las duchas, he would make these baths for these really beautiful models and he'd be like, add some rose water and add some cloves and add some coins and pennies for abundance. And I was like, this queen has got them like eating out of the palm of his hand. I was like, this queen, she's teaching me something right now. Was it the look too, like the the extravagant, you know, suits and I the mean, capes and all that? Was that part of? It was. It was. It was. Yeah, I mean, it was incredible. You know, the the visuals and the presentation that I definitely, you know, at that age, even I remember, I was like, "How are my parents like jamming? Like, this is totally cool." You know, I mean, his like weekly Sagittario, El Capricornio. Mm -hmm. You know, just like everybody would gather around the television to hear their to hear um to hear what he had to say and uh -huh. he would show up with these huge rings i remember and bangles and like beautiful detailed custom and i mean even as you see the documentary it was clear how much intention went into his presentation mm -hmm. and i mean that was something that even at an early age i completely admired so at that like age so probably right right around the same time like i remember the first like um we didn't know he was queer at the time, but I remember the very first time that I was ever like, hmm, like a second look at a dude was um, George Michael, Faith Video. Mm -hmm. And so as a kid, I remember like, this is something different. I feel different about this. Those genes make me feel different, blah, blah, blah. So like, what was your experience with that? Who was like your first, like, who? Like who 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 turned on that little, that little light? Oh, that's funny. You know, I think watching telenovelas with Eduardo Capetillo in them was one of them for me. Listening to Alejandro Fernandez, who is the uh, an amazing mariachi singer, you know. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, people that were very much in the Latino scene in that in that sense, you know, even um, I mean, again, just these moments where maybe not necessarily I, I, I don't know that I can nuance it down to attraction, but this something's up with Walter Mercado, Juan Gabriel, como digo, Alejandro Fernández, mm -hmm. Eduardo Capetillo, um, como se llama este, um, yeah, people like that. Mm -hmm. Siempre se me quedaban como, like, I would see, something's up, something's, I can tell that there's a double look here happening, you know, there was there's something extra. underneath, there's something underneath this, 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 attention grabbing <laughs> there's something here happening 
was there anything that you were like watching regularly? So like think back to your like 13, 14, 15 years old. Was there something that you were really into? Were you a Saved by the Bell kid? Were you one of those? Definitely Saved by the Bell kid. And again, that was just like this little moment when I got home after school and my parents were out and still working. I'd come home and just like unwind in a way and then I'd like get up on dinner and help with my sisters and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it was definitely a, like whatever, five or six, whatever I got home and I just turned on that um, that little television, I remember. That was definitely something that I grew up. We all always, you know, joke about the different iconic characters, like um, Jesse's like pale thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. Like, I mean, just... <laughs> I'm just so I'm just so scared, Zach. Oh my god, just like iconic little moments. Full house also. I think that's so funny because I think about San Francisco often and how it was represented in those um That was propaganda in, to in you. That's, that was propaganda series, for you know? <laughs> like you were like i'm and gonna live living, on that street <laughs> and now living uh, you know in a craftsman style home or not craftsman in a, a victorian style home and then you know thinking about like what if i got a dog and i named him comet <laughs> comet 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 <laughs> that would be something but i mean like also i'm having twins i'm having twins <laughs> You're having twins. One will be called Michelle and the other one's name will be Michelle as well. Michelle, Michelle. Oh my God. That just made me think. Okay. So I remember this one time. Remember how the Olsen twins got their own like show after Full House was over and it was like they had like a dad, you know, and that whole sort of thing. Mm -hmm. They had a dad. Anyways, I remember my aunt one day she came in. She was like, what is this called? And I was like, I didn't want to talk to her. I was like, Michelle, Michelle. So she thought the show's <laughs> name was Michelle, Michelle. <laughs> like the longest time it's called michelle michelle sorry yeah i just didn't want to talk to you i really didn't she was interrupting my stories <laughs> so okay so thinking about like um like what are you consuming now like do you have like a favorite like movie right now that you kind of oh you know what just on? gave me hope that i would love for everybody to watch and just appreciate um just a couple days ago i watched the dolly parton documentary that's out oh yeah but it, what a what a what a soul <laughs> a trailblazer a soul. and we what can thank her right now for giving for for, the, for that donation yeah the dolly pound so those of you guys who are listening the dolly parton foundation actually donated over a million dollars to moderna's um research basically to find a vaccine for this whole thing so i mean she's incredible like dolly parton the whole fact that like she goes home takes off the blonde wigs has her brown hair puts on dowdy clothes and goes out with her husband that she's been married to for like 50 years like that nobody knows and has never seen <laughs> love yes. it incredible like, talk about making it work <laughs> like and the thing that you have that kind of that kind of grounding that you can separate your life into two different things i think there's maybe that's the reason why i think a lot of drag queens love dolly so much though is because you have this persona that you can run out there and you can run the world and then you can come home, take it all off and just be snuggly and, and have your moment and, and be with your touchstone and that sort of a thing. I think that's kind of, mm. it's powerful. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's definitely one um, of many, you know, I think the, I mean, learning more about her, her repertoire with how much she's written and Perhaps even at some point, not just what she's written, but understanding the iconic songs that at some point I was like, wow, I did not know that. You know, these really powerful, of course, we all know the 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 iconic song of, you know, Miss Whitney and yeah, that collaboration. Yeah, I will always love you. 
wow, wow, wow. Just like, you know, she's written so much. She's done so much powerful, powerful and um, impactful and, music writing. And to be smart enough to write it and not be so precious about it that it's just yours. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That when you see somebody else out there and you're like, oh, you know what? Give her that song. I mean, like if she never gave that song to Whitney, I mean, would that movie have mm-hmm. done anything? You know, like mm-hmm. that, that was a moment in time, that whole I will always love you, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think there's something really amazing about that. I've definitely, you know, I've been to watch, you know, I started drag and learn drag besides learning from my drag mother, La Vida, which is in uh, San Diego, of course, sending mm-hmm. love um, on YouTube, you know, besides my drag mother, like I learned on YouTube. So I still love binging on YouTube and watching like makeup transformations and or um, more, you know, uh, I mean, especially now there's so much content on. Uh, is there a go-to channel that drag you affiliated? Um, I mean, I, I love, makeup. I love watching, I love watching makeup by Nikki tutorials. Of course, she's like fabulous and talented and sweet and kind. Um, I'm, let me look at my, I'm thinking about maybe not YouTube, but I'm thinking about on my Instagram. It's so funny because <laughs> the whole YouTube makeup tutorial thing was, I actually, uh, in my past, cause I did makeup once upon a time. <laughs> that was one of oh, yeah. my professions. And I did I did bridal at the Hotel Del Coronado for a long while, and it just made me work. I don't want to do makeup anymore. But oh yeah, yeah. But I would just jump onto t- tutorials and just kind of like I would do an intake with the girl and be like, okay, so what did you want to have done? Blah blah blah. I would run to that back room and get on my phone and look up a tutorial of how to do her makeup before I would go back out. <laughs> like, like what is what is this tip okay so i gotta hit the crease here and i'm gonna do this little wing on this island. okay then i would run back out there and be like okay so let's get this done <laughs> work girl i just found her this yeah i mean this is literally i mean i just love watching and get so inspired there's this person named fatima Mucha, and uh-huh. she's in france that's just like oh blissfully uh it's so good, so beautifully executed. Yeah, but I was thinking like, you know, I, uh, as far as Netflix, oh, you know what I watched? That was really, um, I definitely needed to catch up on, not Netflix associated necessarily, mm-hmm. but um, I definitely binge watched the Godfather series. Okay. I watched pieces here and there and had never, never seen, not a single one in completion. And I saw one and I, like me and Bob binged like maybe three or four nights, just like back, 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 back. It was quite- Isn't- the Beautiful, first actually. one is so monumental. I actually watched that like two years ago for my very first time, especially as an adult, when you watch some of these things and you kind of you, you yeah. get it because there's things that you kind of get exposed to, I think, as a younger kid or when you're when you're just even when you're in your teens. And then when you watch it as an adult, it's a whole different thing. And that was like, like the Godfather took on me was like, you know, that that first movie was genius, like absolutely. Yeah. And so I, I love that. you just No, nobody dropped the ball. It's just like from beginning to end just mm-hmm. like beautifully brilliant well done um okay. of course con mucho mucho amor we talked about that that's something that, oh and then you know what i also watched on, on netflix i think it was um uh sasha Valor's nightgowns that was very fabulous i yeah. really enjoyed i saw that, that on that Quibi, person I think. actually i think you're right mm-hmm. take that back from netflix yeah quibi's netflix. gone now so it's probably gonna end up somewhere somebody's what gonna- yeah, Quibi's Jeez. gone. It, it went defunct. I mean, like, that's what happens when you spend millions of dollars on something that, you know, so many celebrities and everything else that were taking, kind of taking part of that. 
Um, Cause even like Reno 911 was in the middle of shooting season two and they got a call that, oh, Quibi's gone, but finish recording. We're going to sell it somewhere else. So, like, wow. you, like yeah wendy mcclovin uh i was listening to an interview with her and she was that's what she was like literally talking about was that yeah that they were at lunch and somebody came in and said quibby's done but we're gonna finish shooting because we're gonna resell it somewhere else for season two okay and they have they have jamie lee curtis attached to season two and they don't have a home for the show right now i mean it's fascinating how some of that stuff works before we before I, i'm gonna get to a little quickie round here but i do want to talk a little bit about the philanthropy that Grace Towers has. Mm -hmm. And so um, for those of you guys, uh, I did actually, I did, I Googled you. So as much as I know about you and that I've known about you, I wanted to make sure I Googled and everything. And so mm, and just kind of see Googled. you are, and you've done a lot and a lot of give back, which is just it's fascinating to me. Your, your collaboration with Queens of the Castro on the Grace Tower Scholarship for the Arts so continues. Woo -woo. can you tell me a little bit more about that and like so if people listen to this in the future like where would they find this and, and how does it absolutely work? absolutely yes thank you for bringing that up queens of the castro is an amazing organization a lot of people think that i'm one of the founders i'm actually not um i'm just uh very happy to be now on the sitting board um, I came into Queens of the Castro when I first moved to San Francisco. And when I was in San Diego, I'd worked with San Diego Dance Theater and a couple other um, dancers, Annie Boyer, one of them, to start a dance company for youth. And that was really when working with youth took off for me. I really sat and simmered with how impactful that was, not just for me, but really supporting the youth that we were working with. When I moved to San Francisco, I approached Queens of the Castro to do something similar, to start a dance program. And um, that led me into um, working with them to provide scholarships for now um, LGBTQ plus youth ages 16 to 25. And that's evolved more so where I've started the Grace Tower Scholarship for the Arts, which is specifically for the arts. Um, and it's all fundraised through donations and drag shows. I mean, we do amazing work in the Bay and beyond um, with bringing conversations about gender and sexuality into uh, GSA programs, the gender and sexualities programs at different high schools, different universities, colleges. You know, we have a really uh, beautiful partnership with Mission High School, for example, where we, I as a drag performer and mentor bring in community members that are professional drag performers, professional drag artists to transform the GSA, which I think the last time we did it was maybe like 12 students. So they get all get transformed by different drag mentors. And then we bring in a bunch of teachers from the school and the principal and the vice principal, and they all get transformed by this cast of drag uh, mentors that we bring in. They put on their whole own, they have, they put on a whole production of their own for the entire school as a full school assembly. And it's a really beautiful and impactful moment to speak about the diversity and issues at hand for LGBTQ plus youth at that age range, at that um, at high school. I mean, think about the moments we spent in high school and how we, you know, walk through the halls for those of us that were either out and even if not, you know, it's, it's a beautiful conversation to have at that level, at that, you know, scale. And um, in the last seven years, maybe eight years, Queens of the Castro has now granted over $150,000 in scholarships to LGBTQ plus youth. That is incredible. Like the yeah, impact that you guys are having, that that's so huge. I think the other part of it too, is just the, 
the tactile nature of what you guys are doing, that you guys are going into a school and showing kids that here's another way to be queer. Here's another, this is another outlet for you and doesn't necessarily need to be what you need to do, but this is an exposure. And, and I think that you, you guys probably, I mean, I'm not gonna say you guys are probably, you guys are changing lives and you guys are probably saving some lives at the same time is that because you're showing people that there's hope and that there's other people just like them. And I think it's a bigger thing than, you know, the whole, it gets better. It gets better is great. That whole, that, that movement and everything, it, it came for its time. But I think there's something mm -hmm. different when you can go in and just be like, let's make it better right now by doing this and just kind of let's expose everybody. So it, these things, this, does this fall under the category of the drag divism? Is that what this, is that, is that what you're talking about? Drag divism is a collaboration that I did with, Rexy Amaral, Rexy Tapia, who's also a youth organizer here in San Francisco, who I initially met actually at Mission High School through Queens of Castro. Mm -hmm. So me and Rexy, Rexy and I partnered to create Dragtivism. And Dragtivism was kind of a combination of a lot of things that were happening um, for Rexy and I. Rexy is already organizing at Mission High School. I was already organizing my Butch Queen pageant, which is a drag mentorship um, residency that happens maybe I think now is three months and culminates with this really beautiful show and there's mentorship around you know finding an organization that you'd like to support and how to contact them you know finding um, uh, concept development for performance makeup hair dance music you know all the things that I kind of led this residency along along the along the lines of what I'm doing with my drag you know, career and sharing those bits with other people. And um, Dragtivism was that, but for youth. So in, in I think a, we did, the first one we did was a weekend where the first days we had workshops of similar um, themes as we did with Butch Queen, for example. And then we had, um, similar to what we were doing in Mission High School, brought in a bunch of mentors to come in and help them do a drag lab and transform themselves and do concept development for a performance that we were gonna have. Or that we had panels of, um, you know, uh, uh, I think Rexy did one, you know, the intersection between drag and activism, for example. So it was a, Dragtivism is a program that, um, was designated for uh to support youth yeah and through the portal of drag mm -hmm. i love yeah. that it's 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 so cool like the, the, just kind of seeing the different things that you're doing because it's not just for you it's not just about the nightclubs it's not just about like getting out there because you have some killer parties the slumber sexual you had bulge i mean all these things when when the world was right <laughs> like you know <laughs> it was but, a different world yeah but the thing is is but then you had this other part of you that just kind of went back out there into the community and that was giving back and that's such an important thing and it makes a well-rounded person and i think it grounds you and it just kind of puts a place where you can focus that extra energy on like you know during the daytime, drags have to do something. <laughs> you know, it's not right, just, right, right. Not just nighttime that, that you're that you're living in. So I think it's, it's yeah. Thank you for that. And you know, some really beautiful and very very exciting developments with um, Queens of the Castro. We just um, we've been applying for grants, and we just got some funding to evolve and uh, expand our programming. So we're developing a multi-year residency mentorship program right now from scratch and developing curriculum to introduce to different high schools and tell history about drag activism. And um, yeah, we're really excited. It's a really big uh, stepping stone for us right now. So I think it's really amazing that you guys are that that this exists 
you know what I mean? So I don't think every thank single you. community gets yeah. something like that, you know? And so, yeah, thank you. Yeah. You know, I think it's really, yeah, I think it's really powerful to, you know, take note that RuPaul is telling a story and that there's just other stories to be heard as well. And I think that's what we're focusing on. You know, I think that it's beautiful that um, that story is being told and that we recognize that there's other stories that we want to share as well. And that's definitely what we're trying to do. Okay. So give me one of your favorite moments from one of these, these outings that you that you guys have been at do you like a, like a favorite memory do you have something these outings what do you mean these these like when you guys go out when, when you go out with the queens of the castro when you guys are doing better when you guys are doing activism work when you guys are reaching out to children uh-huh um, i mean what what are let's see i mean there's so many you know there's so many powerful moments that i can think of that i've i mean in some ways happened even post any of these outings. I mean, some of the things that we curate, for example, this show, it's at Mission High School, which which brings in all the people from our community of nightlife and performers and artists into uh, academia, which then brings these connections home. And then we have these uh, ongoing relationships with folks that have been at school for four years and now we're seeing them graduate and now we're hearing that they applied to Berkeley and now we're hearing that they're going to come back and be some of the mentorship for the GSA next year. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it, it just warms my heart in a way, you know, I think about growing up and being the person that I needed at that time, you know? Yeah, I think for it's somebody kind of, else. It's amazing that that yeah, because you, you're showing them that hey, here's another way that you can do all of this, and that you can yeah. add a little bit of glitter, add a little bit of sparkle, and then speak a little bit louder. You know, <laughs> yeah. without how, without even having to speak, sometimes you know. Yeah, exactly. Is there anything else that you want to promote right now? You know, I think it's um, I'd like to promote kindness and uh, self patience. I know it's really wild times that we're living through right now. I want to encourage people to find creative ways to stay connected. I know we're being asked to make choices based on, you know, very factual things that sometimes emotions can't factor in. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to just promote kindness, promote um, patience and um, self-love. Find ways to give yourself the love that, you know, we're missing by not being in community, you know, as queer people, and even for anybody beyond the LGBTQ plus community, beyond my immediate circles, you know, like anybody, humanity, like find ways to supplement what we're missing out on right now, because it's really wild. So um, take care, y'all. I would encourage that. Don't be so hard on yourselves, people. Like, I think that this is one of those times that right now it's just kind of, you know, do what you can. And, and as Grace is saying, is, is that if you can find a way to have a creative outlet, what's really great about that, even if you're just coloring in a coloring book, there mm-hmm. is something so satisfying, I think, to the soul when you can step back from a project and say, I did something. I did something today. I finished this little something. And it's not making your bed and it's not making yourself a meal because those things, they, 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 they literally do feed us. But I think there is something about using some colors, using the crayons, using some glitter, adding something into to your day that's going to kind of just let you say, oh, I did this one thing. You know what I mean? So I think that it's so important. So Absolutely. You know, like I like to get dressed up to go to the kitchen. Like there you go. <laughs> be fabulous, girl. <laughs> I do costume changes of sweaters and stuff in my house when I'm here at home by myself. <laughs> like, like, totally. like if you're just in the house, it's just kind of like, okay, I'm going to change into other comfy clothes. And it's just, it's a lateral move, but it's still, it's something. 
<laughs> I, I've been wearing my wigs. You know, I've been wearing my garments. I've been wearing heels from here. I mean, I'm just like, it's all drag. Spice it up, you know, ch change it up. I've also been blessed, you know, like I'm really enjoying working on some virtual projects. We just did Drag Queen Story Hour the other day, and that was fantastic. I just did a presentation for I saw um, that. college. Kid. It was, yeah, we're reading this last week. I read to K, pre-K, K, and first grade, and it's fabulous. You know, the teachers need the support right now. So also one thing that I would promote, if you're able to, Helping others is a really beautiful way to not only uplift others and their journey, but like, you know, it comes back tenfold. And that's, you know, a very selfish way to think about it. And also like help yourself, you know, do mm -hmm. something. Absolutely. Really, really take the time if you have it. Absolutely. I think it's just, it's so important to kind of give back to your community. It does make you feel better. I mean, it shouldn't, you know, you should it's be a doing win -win. it. Because, yeah. It's a win-win because you shouldn't be doing it because you want to feel better, but it makes you feel better, you know? So yeah, it's a win-win. Okay. Grace, where can they find you if they're looking for you? Beautiful. Yeah. If you want to find me, follow my Instagram. It's the Grace Towers. If you want to find me on Venmo, it's Grace Dash Towers. If you want to find me on my website, it's gracetowers.com. You can buy my merch, y'all. <laughs> buy the merch, you guys. Get a t-shirt. Get something that says Grace Towers. Wear it proudly. Mm -hmm. And then when the world comes back to normal, go see Grace at a show. There is something very special when you get mm. to see Grace perform in some way. And so the thing was, and it's not going to ever be basic. Even if she's on the stage by herself, there's going to be something extra. And there's a heart up there that's going to be doing it. But when you do have a chance Thank to see you. her with other dancers behind her, it's something special. Google those performances on YouTube. Get those clicks up for her and everything else. So, um, yeah, always impressive. But thank you so much, Grace Towers, for joining me today on the... Thank you so much. Yes, on the bald and the bingeable. And we're both bald, so it does something for us. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. And quite bingeable. Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> So that was our first show, you guys. Thank you guys so much for joining us today for Bald and Bingeable. My name is D'Angelo, and it's been the absolute pleasure to touch your ears. <laughs> okay, you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at D'AngeloGoGo, D-A-N-G-I-L-O-G-O-G-O. -O -O. Or you guys can find me on the TikToks over at D'Angelo, D-A-N-G-I-L-O. You guys, make sure that you guys like and subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. Give us that five-star glowing review. Say something nice. Tell a friend. Share a meme. Love you guys so much. We will talk to you soon. Until then, may your ears stay warm. I was going to say something about your holes, but that would be kind of gross. Love you. Bye. Good night from the lower level.